You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell, Dr. P, the Outfluencer and your powerful presence mentor. Today is a big day. I have a very special guest. This is a gentleman that... uh, that actually joined us on our last retreat that we held in Hollywood, California. He came in and gave our special group a very special presentation. Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson is with me today. He is the author of Success Mindsets, and he's done some exceptional research in this area. And um, there's so much more to you than that, right, Ryan? So. Talk a little bit, just uh, welcome to the show, first of all, welcome to, to One Sharp Sword, and um, talk a little bit about uh, where you got started, and your doctorate is in is in organization behavior, organizational behavior and human re- resources, which is kind of a cool combination. So how did you get yeah. on that path, and how did you end up with success mindsets as, a, as an outcome? No, I appreciate you asking. And thank you so much for having me on. It was great to join you up in Hollywood. I'm just right down the road uh, from Hollywood, I guess about an hour. I'm in Orange County, California, where I'm a professor at Cal State Fullerton currently. And I'm a leadership professor and I'm a leadership consultant. And I got into leadership really my senior year of high school is I, I, I played sports and my most favorite class in high school. And I don't know how many high schools offer this class. And the class was sports psychology. And in this class, we had to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I had to read three other books um, on leadership that were written by, uh, I chose basketball coaches. So I read a book by Pat Riley, Mike Krzyzewski, and Rick Majerus, who were were pretty big uh, basketball coaches at the time. And I still remember this. And I remember thinking as I'm reading these books, man, if I could pick a career, this would be it, is writing books like this and doing something cool like this in my mind. But I, was, I didn't even think, you know, how do you do this? How do you make this happen? I, I probably wasn't going to be a college basketball coach. But a couple of years later, I was living in Boston, Massachusetts, and I met a professor at Harvard Business School. And I asked him, what do you teach? And he says, organizational behavior. I said, What's organizational behavior? And he essentially describes the sports psychology class, but then applied to business. And from there, that's where the light bulb clicked, said, this this is where I'm going. So I did my uh, PhD at Indiana University, and I did my dissertation on leadership. And what I found, to me, this was a, a really big takeaway that's really shaped who I am and what I focus on is my takeaway from my dissertation is that probably 70% of all leadership research primarily focuses on answering one question. And that question is, what do leaders need to do to be effective? And and we've got some really good answers to this question, but it just didn't sit well with me because I think that leadership is so much more than doing the right things. It's about being a certain type of person, being somebody that other people want to follow. And so Since then, it's been my mission to try to figure out how do we tap into the being element of leadership, and everything's led me to mindsets, 
because our mindsets, how we see the world is foundational to how we think, learn, and behave. So when we can focus on mindsets, we kind of cut to the chase and really the core of who we are. And so that's what I focus on now. So hopefully that's a decent backstory to get us up to the present day. That's amazing. I think uh, you've actually given, you've woven some takeaways in there already, which is, um, it's pretty amazing. How do you, it, you have to move from what do leaders need to do to how do leaders need to be? And it's, and beyond thinking and learning is behavior and somewhere sandwiched in there. And you, you offered this to us is the emotion piece, Mm -hmm. right? Because thought leads to emotion and that leads to how you behave. And, and all of that, you know, we give meaning to the behavior we see, we give meaning to the circumstances we see. And so as a leader, you need to sort of be in a space where you're, you're taking it in as neutral information, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's part of it. So really what we're, this is um, some terminology that I actually came upon this last week, and it's just been a, another light bulb for me. But I, the, the terminology was horizontal development and vertical development. So the idea of horizontal de- development is, is this focus on doing. What are the different things that I need to do? What are the different skills that I need to develop? So if we are where we are and we want to develop horizontally, we're kind of broadening our skill base and our understanding. Now, that's going to be really good, and that gives us some breadth. But where we need to go, in my opinion, with regards to leadership, it's even more important that we focus on the vertical development. In other words, we've got to gain some altitude in in terms of our leadership. And what this looks like is it's literally enhancing our mental maturity. Like it's not just adding on new skills. It's not taking on new behaviors or new styles of leadership. It's literally enhancing our mind and how it works so that we could better navigate the increasingly complex environments that we're continually facing. I love that. Um, most people think in terms of uh, when it's vertical development, most people think in terms of we have to do a deep dive, right? And this is, we actually have to expand up. We have to increase our ability to have a broader perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love I love that. You know, broadening skills makes a whole lot of sense, obviously. So here's the thing. In terms of success mindsets, I'm going to hold up your book because it's amazing. All right. All right. Make it look good. You make it look good. Look. Yeah. Is this the one you signed? Uh, No. I I have two copies of this book. All right. So in success mindsets, um, the you go into a couple of things there's i think most of us have heard about uh different types of mindsets and we know that we have to change our mindset or break through a mindset or you know that that mindset is everything we've heard these kinds of expressions recently we've heard about carol dweck who talked about uh fixed versus growth mindsets. And a lot of my listeners are familiar with that, the idea of 
well, am I in a growth mindset? Am I, you know, what part is fixed? And it's almost as if fixed is necessarily bad versus, you know, fixed, bad, growth, good. It's like, well, is it? Is it? And what I appreciate about your book is that you go beyond fixed versus growth. You actually offer a couple of other uh, kinds of scales that we can be looking at. And so can you talk about fixed isn't always bad and growth isn't necessarily always good, usually, but not always. And um, and then what uh, what were some of the other scales? I think those are those are going to be fascinating. Yeah, th- thanks uh, for for directing us this way. So let me just back up back up briefly. I think you're alluding to an idea that I see all the time, which is the idea that mindsets is is something akin to one's attitude. And and when we talk about mindsets as an attitude, it kind of feels like this fluffy ethereal concept. But the reality is that mindsets are so much more than that. In fact, we could dive into the neuroscience of mindsets. But, but the reality is, is that we've got certain neural connections in our brain that span across our reptilian, our mammalian, and our human brains. And because they span across these three major brain regions, they serve as a circuit board for our mind that, that does three things. One is it filters in certain information. Two, it interprets that information that is filtered in. And then three, it activates different elements about ourselves based upon that information taken in and how it's interpreted. And and so literally our mindsets from a neurological perspective are the most foundational aspect for why we do what we do. And when we can put labels to our mindsets, such as fixed and growth, and and then we'll dive into others here, then we can become empowered to go about shifting the wiring in our brain. So let me just riff off of really quickly the fixed and growth mindsets. So when we have, and maybe just let me ask kind of the listeners a question. How do you see and respond to challenge and failure? So somebody who has more of a fixed mindset, they're gonna pick up on the cues like this is a challenge and it's ripe for failure. And then they're going to interpret this. This is the wiring in their brain, and this occurs at a non-conscious level. They're going to interpret this as a risky situation because if they happen to fail at this challenge, that what they believe internally is that they can't change, that they are fixed. They can't change their talents, abilities, and intelligence. And so if you fail and you can't change, you're left to interpret this as though you are a failure. Um, and so those are the fixed mindset. They, they pick up on any inkling that this is a challenge that's right for failure. They interpret it as a bad thing. And therefore, they're going to behave in such a way that they, they kind of avoid that challenge. And I'll give you an example here, here in just a minute. But those on a, with a growth mindset, they do believe that they can change. And so they also pick up on challenges, but for a very different reason, because they recognize that challenges are perhaps the best opportunity for them to learn and grow. So so they they interpret challenges in a very different way. And because they're interpreting it differently, they're going to approach it as opposed to avoid it. Um, And so that's hopefully helps us to make sense of how literally our mindsets shape 
the information that we take in, how we interpret it, and then how we respond based upon that information. Does that make sense? And I'm happy to dive into a quick example if I need to. No, I think that's perfect. Here's the question I have, and and I'm taking even more notes as I talk to you. I took a bunch of notes when when you joined us, and now I'm you know scribbling away here. So uh, here's the question: Is are we always fixed or always in growth, or is that elastic in any way? Yeah, surely elastic. And well, so what where we would categorize mindsets in terms of as a personal attribute, it's a moderately stable personal personality attribute um, in the sense that these are things that we can change. And when we change them, they have a tendency to stick around for a little. So, so I love focusing on mindsets because it is incredibly developmental. Everybody could shift their mindsets from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Um, but there are certain situations that we could be in that may activate more of the fixed mindset neural connection and different situations activate more of the growth mindset neural connections because we've got both going on. The one that we primarily rely upon is just the one that is stronger because it fires more rapidly and, it, and it's more quickly and more rapidly. So whatever of these mindsets that is stronger, whether it's our fixed mindset or growth mindset, that's going to be the primary way in which we process information. But does that have to be the only way we process information? No. So if I primarily have a fixed mindset, so let me let me just give you this quick example. Is my freshman year of college, I got a C on my chemistry class. This was my, my pre-med chemistry class. I was wanting to become a medical doctor. The worst grade I had ever received. And with my fixed mindset, the way that I processed this was, well, this didn't come naturally to you. You better change your major. You're not cut out to be a doctor. And that's what I did. And, and But if I would have slowed down and allowed my growth mindset neuroconnection to, to play a role, it probably would have said, hey, maybe this that your study habits aren't up to par and that you need to reevaluate those, right? Before you give up on your dreams, maybe there's a few things that you need to change about yourself that you getting the C grade says nothing about you it just says something about your study habits. And so if I, I, I want to go back to just as you're describing this uh, for the listeners who may not have been able to take notes the exact same way. I want to go back and reiterate something you just said um, a little while ago so that it, it sinks in as you're telling the story. Filter, interpret, activate, right? So you filtered the information of I got to see as um <laughs> as well this isn't great right and the interpretation is i shouldn't be a doctor mm -hmm. right and then the activation the action you took was i'm changing my major yep right and if and so if you filtered it differently if you'd filtered it as oh i i got to see there's opportunity here versus i got to see i must suck at the sciences right mm -hmm. then the interpretation would be not I'm terrible altogether in science, but the interpretation is what an opportunity to study harder. Is Precisely. Right? Yep. Oh. You got it right on. Okay. 
Good. So that's, yeah, I wanted to go down that path just to, to lock it in because, you know, you gave those, it's like filter, interpret, activate. How does that show up? Well, there yeah. it is. Okay. Good. And it, and that occurs for most of us at a non-conscious level. And, and then here's the power of this, at least it's been for me, is once we now have this conversation about it, it now could come alive to us, right? So now that we put labels we, and we understand it, it's only then that we can introspect and say, what mindset do I have? And do I need to make any shifts? Because 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processing. Awesome. Well, what drives our non-conscious automatic processing? It's these neural connections that span across these three regions of the brains that we call mindsets. And so... And these are things that we can develop. So there's so much power in just becoming conscious of these things because that allows us to be mindful, to step outside of ourselves and evaluate. Am I even looking at this situation in the right way as opposed to assuming that we're looking at this at the situation in the most optimal way? That's awesome. In my uh, very first book, the last chapter of Choosing Your Power, uh, it's called spiraling toward freedom. And I introduce in a very lay language way, the idea of awareness leads to choice and choice leads to awareness. So the, the greater awareness, like if you step in and go, what am I missing? And you actually seek for seek greater awareness, you now have different choices. And as you take or make different choices, now you have greater awareness. So it's, uh, I call it a spiral because, and it's mm -hmm. spiraling up um, because it seems like you come full circle, but you've actually spiraled up so that even if you're in the same place, you're at a, you're at a higher level. You're looking down now at a, at a, at a, uh, a past, <laughs> a past mindset of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> so you have greater the greater awareness as you, as you choose to move from non-conscious and ask, what could I be missing? What other, like, and when I taught martial arts, the question was, you know, in every moment, in every moment you have a choice. And so what's available to me now? And if you mm -hmm. take your C in chemistry and go, well, hmm, what's available to me now? You actually are choosing to step more from non-conscious and into conscious and then forcing yourself almost into growth, right? Yeah, or at least you could be intentional about it because when you when you just have that fixed mindset, to me, I only had one option. That was to change my major. When I think about this, if I could go back in time and put on a growth mindset, I've got at least two options. I could still change my major but I could also improve my study habits, right? Now I've got a choice to make. Whereas when I wasn't conscious of my mindsets, I only had the, the choice that my default processing led me to. Makes sense. Talk a little bit then about the other um, uh, kind of polar scales that we're looking at. Where, what's the, what are some of the other... Um, places we need to look in terms of types of mindset. Yeah. And I, and thank you for, for helping me remember to reiterate this is what we're really talking about is a continuum that somebody isn't fully fixed and somebody isn't fully growth. We're somewhere along that continuum. Uh, and again, 
it's really important for us to identify where we're at because that then allows us to set direction because we know where we're at, we know where we want to go, and then we can go there. So the, the other three sets of mindsets that I focus on, and, and I focus on these sets not because they're anything that I created. They're just what have 30 plus years of research backing across psychology, education, management, and marketing. And I and each of these are kind of studied in their own isolated pockets. And I've just brought them together into one, one framework. So the the other sets, and I'll just kind of can I just say oh, yeah. congratulations. I um I always appreciate when researchers and authors and speakers will acknowledge. It's like, look, I just brought it together. This is, you know, this, I didn't label these um, because I've heard so many people go, and this is what I call the, it's like, well, that's been around for almost 40 years. So, right. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Like it's, for sure, there's integrity right there. That's great. So we have fixed and growth that we know Carol Dweck brought to us. What mm-hmm. else is out there? Then there's closed and open, and this is how closed or open our mind is to the ideas and suggestions of others. Then there's prevention and promotion, and when we have a prevention mindset, we're focused on not losing. When we have a promotion mindset, we're focused on winning and gains. And then the last set of mindsets is inward versus outward. When we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others which causes us oftentimes to see others as objects. But when we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves, which allows us to see others as people and to value them as such. So hopefully that's a a quick little overview on those three. And I'm happy to dive into any of those, uh, however you want. Okay. Uh, I, uh, boy, that's a lot. You know, the idea of, open to suggestion, not open to suggestion, not losing versus winning. We could do a whole podcast on that. I've, uh, you know, are you playing not to lose? This is a, there's a blog post in there coming, I'm sure from me at least. Um, Are you playing not to lose? Are you playing to win is a huge mindset piece. And um, you're, you're saying that that is a prevention versus promotion mindset. And then uh, inward versus outward. That's interesting. Have you studied uh, personality psychology at all? I have, yeah. So inward versus outward, does that tie to the narcissistic personality? Um, Yeah, so when we talk about, and I'm glad you brought this up, when we talk about personality and mindsets, we're talking about two different attributes, right? I'm wondering if there's correlation at all. Yeah, so, and I think that, If you're somebody who knows personality research, you're kind of feeling more and more like personality research is like Swiss cheese Um, because there's a lot of the the latest research is kind of blowing up some of the fundamental assumptions of personality, such as how capable we are of changing our personality. So for a really long time, we've historically thought that personality is something that we can't change. Um, And I'm not saying it's easy to change our personality, but it's much more doable than what we thought in the past. Now, neuroplasticity is is a big deal. And um, there's another book I'm reading, not yours this time, but uh, (laughs) right. So 50 great popular myths of psychology where, you know, we we used to believe, right, 
personality is fixed at a certain age. And it's like, well, that may have been so and may have been reinforced when our villages were tiny and people weren't actually allowed to grow because they were labeled and kept in that space. You know, even back in the in the 1930s and 40s, our world was a little tinier than it is today, where mm -hmm. in an instant, you know, through internet, we're connected around the world. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there is, it, it is important to point out, there is a genetic component to our personality. So there, to a certain degree, we can only change our personality so much. Um, and so what that means and what we've historically labeled personality as is something akin to an innate trait. Now it isn't fully innate, but it is, it's kind of classified as an innate trait. Mindsets, on the other hand, are a learned trait. The, there, there's really no evidence that suggests that there's any sort of genetic disposition towards certain mindsets. So they're actually, they're, they're all fully formed based upon our life's experience. Now, this is where um, I, I think that there is some connection between personality and mindsets and that our life's experience also shapes our personality to a certain degree. So I think one of the easiest ways to bring this to life is we, if we enter into the, the conversation, the concept of trauma. So trauma, uh, we could think about trauma as being big T trauma or little T trauma, either when we go through trauma, our body's natural reaction to the pain caused by trauma is to actually alter the wiring in our brain as a way to cut off the pain that is being experienced. Now, when people experience trauma, uh, they are like, they're kind of more inclined to take on more of the negative mindsets because it's a defense mechanism for them. And, and so when we are shifting our mindsets more towards the positive, we're actually doing some deep neurological work, whether, whether or not we know it, we're doing it. But we also understand that people who experience trauma are also more inclined to develop things like a narcissistic personality. And so it wouldn't, it, it should be of no surprise that, that, there is a relation, there can be a relationship between mindsets and personality, but it is a, they are at times more correlates and there's not necessarily a causal nature to it. Does that make sense? Professor, that's perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that was a little professorial and I love it. It's, uh, that was awesome. I felt like I was back in class. Really good. <laughs> that was not a slam. That was like, that was awesome. No, good. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, cool. So, so is there a do out of all of this? Like, okay, now, you know, we know that these mindsets exist. We know that there's, you know, I'll repeat them fixed versus growth, closed versus open, prevention versus promotion, and inward versus outward styles or mindset uh, identities, categories, um, is there something we can or should or might do to enhance our ability to, um, let's call it, be more successful in the world? Are there, you know, yeah. are there certain mindsets or 
Are there things we can do to move ourselves uh, for for better survival? (laughs) No, for sure. And and to make this come to life, I want to answer that question in two different ways, if that's okay. So I want to, I'm going to put, tell me is, is one, is one style via sock puppets or no, (laughs) pretty, pretty close, pretty close. (laughs) So I'm going to give you four desires, Wayne, and you tell me whether or not society suggests that these are good desires to have. Is that okay? Sure. So the desires are a desire to look good, a desire to be right, a desire to avoid problems and a desire to get ahead. Would the society suggest that these are good desires to have? Typically, right. Typically, they're those are seen as positive, right? Because because the flip of that is really ugly. Because who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems, and get passed up? Sure. Well, nobody, right? right? So these are really justifiable desires. But but when we have these desires, looking good, being right, avoiding problems, and getting ahead, where is our focus? It's on ourselves. Yes, compared to. It's on ourselves as compared to uh, the the level that someone else might be, right? So yeah, it's yeah. inward. That's an inward. Well, so so this these are the these four desires are attached are the primary desires that come from fixed, closed, prevention, and inward mindsets. Okay. So when we have those mindsets, we'll take on these desires and. I think that there's a reason why I focus on mindsets is I probably have needed more mindset work than most people uh, in that I resonate with all of those desires in terms of much of my adult life. And and what I didn't realize, I don't think I was there because I've, I've been through some big traumatic experience in my life. I think I was there because I just didn't understand that there's better desires to have and better lenses to look through. So let me give you four po- the four desires associated with the four positive mindsets. And so instead of a desire to look good, we should have a desire to learn and grow. Instead of having a desire to be right, we should have a desire to find truth and think optimally. Okay. And that's the open mindset. Instead of a desire of avoiding problems, we should have a desire to reach goals. And instead of having a desire to get ahead, we should have a desire to lift others. And so when I learned about these mindsets, for me, it was, it it immediately clicked. Like, I've got to make these shifts because I just now see where I didn't have this before. This is my, my vertical development. I'm now getting a better elevation on the situation that I can never go back after seeing this because I, I just didn't know better, and now I know better. Um, a, and so hopefully this this helps. This is this is great, Ryan. I here's a question for you that is it ties directly to my work on transitions and values. And I believe that you know we have core values that basically stay with us. We are, you know, we we value integrity. We value an honesty. We value love. We've been taught to work hard, so that could be a core value. And then along the way, we have these peripheral values that come to us and then drop away and come to us and drop away. In our 20s, it is a desire to look good. You know, look at me, look what I can do, look what, right? In our 30s, it's about, there's a there's a sort of a stability 
kind of peripheral value of let me get the job that that keeps my keeps me stable. And then in our 40s, we start to look at health a little differently than we did. We start to look at legacy. And and it just seems to me that what you're talking about in terms of the vertical, how we look at things vertically is is tied to our maturation. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I feel like we see those patterns in terms of those value shifts, but in terms of what I see with my, so I've got a personal mindset assessment that people could take. It's free on my website at ryangotfordson.com. And I've had about 12,000 people take this mindset assessment. And what I found is that there's very little difference in people's mindsets related to age. Awesome. You could find somebody who's in their twenties that has really positive mindsets and you can find somebody in their forties that have really negative mindsets or vice versa. Like it's equally as likely. Um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting in that way, but where I think that there is some value to look at age is, is when we consider the idea of just how our brain naturally matures, because that's also something that that's going on in this process because and, and people's brains mature at different ages. Uh, and so that's also something that influences how malleable our mindsets are. Now, our mindsets are always malleable, but they're more malleable when our brain is less mature. It's just a little bit easier to shift. That's great. That's great. Um, so, but maybe let me, I, I wanted to answer that question in a second way. And I think it builds okay. off of, uh, off of this in the sense of, okay, how do we, how do we actually go about shifting our mindsets? And I want to give you a, a personal example that hopefully makes this come to life. Uh, so most of my adult life, I had a prevention mindset. And how I saw this was I was, I've been, always been deathly afraid of debt. I, I did my undergraduate and PhD without taking on any debt. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur because I saw it as being too risky. And, and so I went through a little bit of a transition personally where I, I shifted away from Cal State Fullerton for a year and I, I did some consulting work uh, for, for a, a large consulting company. And it just didn't work out the way that I intended, uh, partly because of my not so good mindsets. And so I came back to the university. And, and when I came back to the university, I, I took on a, a, a new role, which allowed me to meet a gentleman who's the CEO of a, of a roofing company here in Orange County. His name is Charles Antis. I, I talk about this in my book. And he handed me a book. I'll show you the book here that he handed me. It's called The Five-Minute Journal, if you could see that. Yes. And he says, this is going to change your life. And I'm thinking, well, outwardly, I'm very gracious. I'm like, oh, thank you. I love books. This is fantastic. Inwardly, I'm thinking, there is no way in hell that I am journaling. Like, I, that's not me. I don't know who you think I am, but I am not a journaler. Like, this is not, not going to happen. But I bring it home and I open it up. And sure enough, it's just meant to spend five minutes a day in answering several questions. So some of these questions are, what would make today great? What are three amazing things that happened today? And how could I have made today even better? Nice. So I decided, okay, I'm, he said it'll change my life. I'm going to give this two weeks. 
And, and if it makes, you know, if it helps me out, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll toss it in the trash and no harm done. And, and what I didn't realize at the time was that this was a daily intervention that was designed to activate my promotion mindset neuroconnections. I was effectively hitting the gym for my brain, which was causing me to shift away from how do I stay comfortable to how do I reach my goals? And that was such a, that, that has been a massive shift for me because it, after this, I now started to think very differently. Instead of how do I stay comfortable? What's my purpose? What do I want to accomplish? And then from that, that led to me writing my book, starting my business. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation if that shift had, hadn't have happened. And so that, that's, was the impetus. And for me, because I want to bring back to what you mentioned is oftentimes transitions can, can spur this. And for me, it was this transition away from this consulting company back to the university that I feel like opened me up or helped open me up to making these transitions. And I was fortunate to have a tool, the five minute journal that helped me do that. And I think anybody can pattern this. I mean, and you really don't necessarily need a transition, but we need tools and interventions that we can, on a regular basis, use and rely upon to activate these positive mindset neuroconnections, effectively hit the gym for our brain. And if we could do that, then over the course of several weeks, we're probably going to experience some pretty significant shifts in our mindsets. I just... I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, if I just repeat positive mindset neuroconnections, I'm going to feel better already, right? It's sort of like I'm already aiming there, right? So it's, it is, you know, and then following certain questions that do activate the promotion mindset. It's really, you know, back to some of the practices that some of us have already, which is what if you wake up in gratitude? What if that's the first thing you do? The first words out of your mouth are thank you. And then you think about the things you're grateful for. That puts you in sort of an outward mindset. You know, how am I going to capture the day versus, oh, let me look at my email and see what the day holds. How am I going to capture the day? Put you in this promotion mindset. It's like, this is great. This all ties to, I think this is perfect for my audience. And, and, I'm so glad you're here. This is this is really great. Talk about uh, the assessment that people can get. You've got a book called Success Mindsets. Um, and then if people go to your website, I'm going to spell your last name because... because it's horrendous. <laughs> it's not horrendous. It is your it's last name. It's just horrendously name. long. Yeah. Okay. So it starts Z-W. No. <laughs> All right. Ryan, R-Y-A-N, that's spelled the way it, you might think it's spelled. Gottfredson is, uh, it's very German, isn't it? It's, it's Danish. It's, it's Danish. the only Danish in me, yep. <laughs> All right. G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N. So if you've got the G-O-T-T part, you've got Fred Son, Gottfredson. Um, RyanGottfredson.com is where people can go to get the uh, free mindset assessment. Yep. And uh, the report, it's interesting. It, it's 
I will tell you guys, it's 18 pages <laughs> when you download it. And it's fascinating reading. Um, you can is, say 18 pages or you can say individualized and comprehensive. I, I don't know which one sounds better, but <laughs> I could say them all together, right? There you go. Yeah. At ryangotfordson.com, you can get this mindset assessment that's individualized, comprehensive, and 18 pages. Awesome. Anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to cover or, you know, the, the big takeaway, like, Hey, if there's one thing that our listening audience needs to know, it's anything that we've left un uncovered or. No, I think we've got, I think we've covered it all. Of course we could dive into other things, but maybe just to, to summarize and this is my hopes for those who are listening. And the hope is, is that this helps you to deepen your self-awareness and to become more conscious of yourself and your automatic processing. And when you do that, it will empower you to make the shifts to see the world in a much better way. I, I work with leaders all the time who are incredibly well-intended, but they're also not aware of their mindsets and, and their foundational mindsets cause them to process and behave in ways that are actually detrimental to those that they're leading. And they, they just don't see it. And I don't know, I've been there personally. And to me, that's, those are elements of some of my biggest regrets. Not that I feel like I've done anything heinous, but it's, I look back and think I misstepped and I, and I misstepped because I was protecting myself as opposed to focusing on advancing my organization or making a contribution to others. And, and so for me, as I've done my own mindset work, I feel like it has empowered me to become more of my ideal self. And that's what I hope it helps all of the listeners here do is to awaken to themselves so that they can become more of the person that they want to become. And that's what this is all about, right? One Sharp Sword cutting through to what matters most is about including the thing that you need to do, letting go of the things that no longer serve you so you can step into really becoming your best self. This is great. Ryan, thank you so much. Dr. Ryan Godfredson has been my guest. Uh, thanks for being here, truly. No, thanks for having me on. I love it. Thanks for all the great questions. That's great. All right. This is Dr. Wayne Purnell. You've been listening to One Sharp Sword Cutting Through to What Matters Most. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without Fluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.